Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Monday, November 20th. Coming up, an emergency room in Fort Scott, Kansas, is set to close next month, leaving the rural community with few options for health care. We'll hear how hospital closures affect a community and why they've become more common in recent years. But first, some headlines. A Native American group will protest the Kansas City Chiefs' Monday night football game. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports the group has protested at Arrowhead Stadium since at least 2005. Members of the Not in Our Honor Coalition reject the Chiefs' annual American Indian Heritage Month game because they say the team perpetuates racial stereotypes about Native people. Kansas City Indian Center Executive Director Gaylene Krauser told KCUR's Up to Date that team traditions like the so-called tomahawk chop only fuel racism. So when people are seeing you as a cartoon or a mascot or lesser than then that's how they're going to treat you across the board. Studies have found that exposing Native American teenagers to Native sports mascots decreases self-esteem and increases suicidal ideation and depression. The ACLU of Kansas says a Southeast Kansas elementary school unlawfully forced a Native American student to cut his hair. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports. School policy for R.V. Hatterline Elementary in Girard, Kansas, states that boys' hair cannot extend below their earlobes. The ACLU says its eight-year-old client is a member of the Wyandotte Nation and wears his hair long for cultural and spiritual reasons. Legal Director Sharon Brett says the boy cut his hair after school officials said he'd be sent home if he failed to do so. Unless they rescind the policy or make an accommodation for him, he will have to continue to cut his hair or he will be... Suspended from school. The district did not immediately respond to a request for comment. A library in eastern Kansas has removed some LGBTQ books after city leaders threatened to cancel its lease. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service has more. City leaders in St. Mary's, northwest of Topeka, have battled the library for more than a year, ever since a local parent took issue with a book about a transgender child. They extended the lease but ordered a committee to identify books deemed to be against community standards. The group searched the library's catalog for terms like gay and transgender, and they removed about a dozen books from the shelves. Library director Judith Creamer says the titles are still available through other branches. We're just trying to keep that balance so that every parent has the right to decide what they want their families to have. Among the books removed were the popular young adult novel They Both Die at the End and the Red Scrolls of Magic series by Cassandra Clare. We'll be back after this. Healthcare access in rural Kansas is in danger, with more than a quarter of Kansas hospitals at immediate risk of closing, according to a report from the Center for Healthcare Quality and Payment Reform. Fort Scott, about 90 minutes south of Kansas City, no longer has a hospital and will lose its emergency room next month. Kansas News Service health reporter Beck Shackelford-Wangonga has been covering this story. She and Fort Scott Mayor Matthew Wells told KCUR's Steve Kraske that residents want to open a new healthcare facility, but it's not that easy. Here's part of the conversation. Well, Beck, Fort Scott is set to lose its current emergency room soon 
Give us a rundown. What's happened here? So about five years ago, Mercy Hospital closed. And when that happened, there was like a small gap in between where the emergency room closed to. And then about three-ish weeks later, Ascension Via Christi, which is out of Pittsburgh, Kansas, came in to operate the emergency room. Um, And now they've just announced they're leaving December 20th. I was going to say, what explanation did Ascension Via Christi give as to why they were going to close its Fort Scott location? Essentially, they said they've had such a decline in um, daily patients coming in that it's really just not financially viable for them to stay open. Um, I'm, I'm sure Mayor Wells can talk to you a little bit about how much money they were losing, but it was a pretty hefty chunk of change. Um, emergency rooms are expensive to run anyways, uh, just given their 24-7 nature. Um, but also they, they mentioned in a release um, that they just felt that there were some partners that would be better able to serve um, the region. So. And just to be clear, Beck, we're talking about the fact that Fort Scott had an emergency room, but it has no hospital, right? There's a distinction there. Correct. So they have um, a pretty nice community health center, but they don't have a hospital anymore, no inpatient care. And, um, you know, for now, they have an emergency room. So I guess the scary question here then, Beck, is if the town can't find a replacement provider for its emergency room, how will how far will people have to travel to get access to health care services? Definitely. So um, in Kansas, it's about a 40-minute drive or more than 40-minute drive um, to Pittsburgh, where the nearest hospital is. Um, If it's an emergency situation and they're wanting to go to the closest emergency room, it's in Nevada, Missouri, which is about a 25-minute drive. So it's, you know, a pretty hefty drive either way if you're in an emergency situation. Well, Mary Wells, again, thank you for taking some time with us today. This isn't the first time that Fort Scott will have to go without emergency or hospital services. 2019 was the last time that your town went through a loss of services like this. You know, what kind of impact did that lack of access have on your town? It's not too far from the truth to say it's a matter of life and death for my community. During that interim period, there were two people that I've known my whole life that unfortunately lost their lives in situations that very easily could have been resolved at an emergency room. And just in the last few weeks, I've been told several stories by people throughout the community where they were saved only because they were able to get to our ER in a timely fashion. And in each one of those instances, the doctors have informed me they would not have made a trip to Nevada or to Pittsburgh and they would have died as well. Mm. So what went through your mind when you heard that Ascension Via Christi, the emergency room that it operates, was going to shut down? Well, while I want to thank Ascension for helping provide the emergency room, it's it's unfortunate that they themselves have reported over a 1.5 million annual loss in wow. order to remain a rural community. And while it would seem that all hope is lost, there are many people without within our community working diligently on this. There is a great partnership between the city and the county, and we are all working as diligent as we can. But I can honestly say that it was a gut punch. And for me, a person who feels like he is called to love the people of this town, it is extremely unfortunate to be faced with the situation we're in. And so, Mayor, when you're looking at a $1.5 million annual deficit, I'm guessing that's too much money for a town the size of Fort Scott to make up? Actually, right at the moment, the city and the county have partnered together, and we are willing to provide a subsidy. Both the county commission and the city commission have both voted in partnership to work together to make sure that a subsidy is available. And this is where I become extremely frustrated. We have a facility, we have an emergency room within the hospital structure that's still here. We have people to work 
that emergency room. We have the equipment, we have the finances, and we have a willing partner. But we are faced with some federal regulations mm. that right now prohibit anyone from operating that ER. Explain that to me. What What's that about? So from my understanding, the CMS, which stands for the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, has some regulations that stipulate that in order for a provider-based ER to be run out of a facility, it has to be within a 35-mile range of its parent hospital. Mm. Now, even though we have multiple partners who are willing to continue operation of that ER, none of them have a facility that is within that 35-mile circle. So even though they're willing to partner with hospitals locally for downstream services, uh, continuity of care, and a patient portal, as of right now, those at the federal level are not willing to give us an ER license for those who are willing to operate the ER. Mayor, I'm just guessing that you probably have uh, reached out to members of the Kansas congressional delegation about this. Are they offering you any hope? The Kansas people are are, are being extremely forthcoming with help and, and information. The governor's office has been in contact with me, as well as some other senators and legislatures at the state level. They are willing to do anything and everything they can. However, these regulations come from the federal level, and that is where we're finding our struggle. I have had contact with Senator Moran's office, and they're willing to do everything that they can, but we're faced with several regulatory hurdles, including one that because of the time frame in which Mercy shut down, we are not able to get what is known as a rural emergency health care designation. Now, that would pretty much assure a hospital in our community for the future. But because of the date stamp on that, which I'm told is December 20th, 2020, and the fact that our hospital was temporarily closed at that time period, even though we had a fully operational ER that was receiving Medicaid and Medicare payments and should be able to receive that designation because the hospital was actually closed during that time period, we're told that it's going to be extremely difficult to mm. get that designation. So, Beck, I'm just wondering, in your reporting, what have you heard from residents of Fort Scott as to how the loss of these emergency services is going to impact them? I'm sure they're concerned. Yeah, I mean, so far what residents are saying is that this is pretty scary, um, especially since Fort Scott has a pretty large elderly community that might, you know, need just some quick visits to the um, emergency room to get some care and then they can go back home, things like that. Um, and also they say they're really worried about growth of the community um, when, you know, if this hospital or if this emergency room ultimately leaves, they're worried that um, it'll really put a strain on um, some things that they have going on. They have a community college with an athletics program that, you know, probably needs an emergency room. You never know what's going to happen when people are playing games. Um, and then also, you know, just a lot of other things going on growth-wise that, you know, not having an emergency room might kind of deter people from moving or um, putting down roots in the community. So, Mayor Wells, give me some hope here. Is there a solution? Is it possible for you guys to attain a license in some way or where do things stand? I'm extremely confident with the cooperation of all parties that we will be able to maintain a clear path and provide healthcare services during this time. There is a path to not only an ER, but to a rural emergency hospital. And moving together as a community, working to inform our legislatures of the importance of this situation for our community, I believe that we can overcome this. But we have to make our legislature at the state and the federal level understand 
that this is not just a Fort Scott issue, though that's what I'm going to push because these are my people and I love them. It is affecting over 13 million children under the age of 18 who reside in rural areas throughout the United States. And this is affecting so many communities. If we need to be the poster child for the federal regulations to change, then that's what needs to happen. But our legislatures need to understand that they work for our community and rural lives are just as important as everyone else in this country. Mayor, to what extent does this issue tie back to this ongoing debate in Kansas over Medicaid expansion, um, something that Governor Kelly has been pushing for years since she took office, but Republican leadership uh, in the House and Senate have consistently opposed her. Would that make a difference if that was in place? It would definitely make a difference. Had it been in place, I am told by those who were at Mercy, they never would have left. And I'm told that same thing by those at Ascension via Christie, that had they been able to get the reimbursements needed, they would not be facing the financial hardship that they're reporting. I believe that moving forward, people need to understand that this is not a partisan issue anymore. As you reported earlier, and as I've been told, there are over 80 hospitals throughout rural areas in the state that are in danger of closing in the next few years if we cannot get the Medicaid expansion that will provide the necessary funds to keep them operational. So what is Fort Scott planning to do in the case that it can't regain emergency room services here, Mayor? In the most immediate future, our EMS department that is run by a partnership between the county and the city, most directly by the county itself, is going to step up with a few additional ambulances and some additional workers to be able to transport people to hospitals outside our area as quickly as possible. But again, there are so many individuals throughout our community and throughout this region working diligently towards a future path for the ER and for a rural emergency hospital that I'm extremely confident that our community will be able to take an active role in moving this forward. That was Beck Shackelford Wanganga of the Kansas News Service, Fort Scott Mayor Matthew Wells, and KCUR's Steve Kraske. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.